Through the woodland, through the valley Comes a horseman wild and free Tilting at the windmills passing Who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild but he is mellow He is strong but he is weak He is cruel but he is gentle He is wise but he is meek Reaching for his saddlebag He takes a battered book into his hand Welcome to Jagged Little Mill, a podcast, small batch, bespoke series about the novel Don Quixote. Yes. Seasonal. Uh Uh, Uh-huh. What are some other things? Experimental. Yeah, only running on a on a on limited select theater screens. Mm, yo, small release. Yeah, limited leaving release. HBO Max at the end of the month. <laughs> Don Quixote podcast within a podcast where we read Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes, and it's good. It's been good. It's been good, right? <laughs> yes, we we are the boys from Overdue. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. I forgot about that part. Yeah, it's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. The translation, as always, that we are reading from uh, is by Edith Grossman. We are in part two of Don Quixote. Um, yeah, and uh, last time when we did this, we talked a little bit about part two and how it came out a really long time after part one. Yeah. And only after some charlatan had made an inferior, had published his own inferior fanfic version yeah. of a Don Quixote sequel and made Cervantes really mad about it. He was like, I guess I got to make another one of these things. Yeah. And so we uh, in the last episode, so we we talked about how it picks up from where book one left off, like Don Quixote has been delivered back to his home where his his friends and well-wishers hope that he will like tire of or yeah. forget about or give up. Yes. His his life of knight errantry that about, he is embarked upon. I think we determined it's something like a month after the events of part one, some somewhere yeah. in that region. And it's they think that it might be going okay, and but then it's not. And it also turns out that the book Don Quixote exists within yeah. this second Don Quixote book. And that everyone has read it and everybody knows all about the exploits of the Knight of the Sorrowful Face and his faithful squire, Sancho Panza. Yes. We encounter some characters in this section who have not heard of the book. But that's okay. It's still out there. And it's enough to get Don Quixote excited to go out and sally forth again. We The important thing to note from the previous episode, because it, it'll just be important, uh, there was a guy, uh, Samson Carrasco. Mm-hmm. Is, he, is, he's the, is he the super fan who, is, who yeah. comes and tells them all about the book? Who, who runs in and is like, yo, there's a book about you, and it's great, except for the parts I didn't like. <laughs> Yeah, and how you look like an idiot, and how there's all these like discrepancies that, yeah. <laughs> that that people complain about in the real book. So yeah, I don't know. Like maybe Cervantes could just released another edition of the book mm. instead of uh, a sequel. But I don't know. I, I get the appeal of an of an in fiction correction. You know, oh, I Tolkien love it. Tolkien did that with very early Prince of the Hobbit. Like he wanted to change the particulars of how the riddle scene went down. Mm. particularly so he 
uh, wrote a foreword because the whole thing about the Hobbit is this like Bilbo's memoirs as written by Bilbo. (laughs) Yeah. Uh And so Bilbo, it was, it wasn't Tolkien who did it bad. It was Bilbo did it wrong. And then he went back and he fixed it later for, for, for another printing of the book. (laughs) So I, I understand the appeal of wanting to like keep up literary kayfabe. Yeah. But this is the way to do it. Um, No. It's not really a but, and more of an and. More of a let's go into the adventure, which is what Don Quixote. Let's go, yeah. Let's sally forth. So we open in chapter ten. This episode we're reading uh, chapters ten through eighteen of part two. Um, We open in the forest near Toboso, where Dulcinea is, according to Don Quixote. (laughs) (laughs) well and so um he and i don't remember if like the first couple chapters kind of kind of run together because they're all in this like weird like sancho kind of trying to pull one pull one over on don quixote like they meet dulcinea but they don't really it's this thing where don quixote insists on sending sancho to talk to dulcinea because he was supposed to before and he didn't right i don't remember I I think Sancho must have come clean about that, right? And then yeah, he yeah. he came clean about not doing it, and then Don Quixote is like, okay, you really do have to do it this time. Yeah, and so Sancho goes as, as Sancho is wont to do, does goes you know over the horizon. He goes out of out of eyeshot of Don Quixote, and then he says to himself, you know what? I'm not I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna say that I went. And if anything happens ever that exposes the lie that I am trying to tell, I will just say the wizards did it because that's what Don Quixote does all the time is he's just like always telling me that all the enchanters who are after him are always, you know, are always hoodwinking everybody and always, always fooling everyone. And so why can't I use this to my advantage now? And this is, this is a theme in these few chapters is we see a few times Sancho getting out of a, a tight spot for Sancho. <laughs> yeah. This is by these are good, using these are good by Sancho employing, chapters. Yeah, by employing Don Quixote's own madness against him. Yes. In a way that seems to really befuddle Don Quixote. Like Don Quixote, who's so quick to see a barber's bowl as a helmet and like a flock of sheep as an army. Sancho, so so they they just happen to meet these like three peasant women on the road. And they're going the same way as Sancho is going to like get back to Don Quixote and meet up with them again. And so Sancho says, yeah, this is Dulcinea. Yeah. These are, this is, these are royalty. These are Royal broads. And this is Dulcinea. He's like, yeah. And their donkeys are totally like sick horses, sick white horses. Yeah. 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 Sick horses. And, uh, and, oh, can you not, can you not see, do you not, can you not tell? Oh, it's, it must be, it must be an enchanter. Enchanter's making you see a peasant woman instead of beautiful Dulcinea, and you smell her garlic breath instead of Dulcinea. Dulcinea's floral tones, I guess, like yeah. her floral notes that she normally has. Well, and and while Don Quixote is like, this is these are just some women on donkeys, Sancho. I don't know what this. Why are you showing me this? Uh, Sancho goes and starts trying to play the part of Don Quixote, basically. He like goes up to the lead woman and is like, oh, Dulcinea, you're so wonderful. I'm so sorry. This is so confusing. 
This is Don Quixote, of course. You know, you've heard of him. And they're very <laughs> astonished. But it is that moment Don Quixote also kneels down and looks at the women and is marveling at them. And it's kind mm-hmm. of unclear what he is struck by at first. Um, and it, it, there is this beat where it's like, is this is Santos scheme just not going to take like is, is this not going to work for him? Be- yeah. Because the the women are right offended by these hoity-toity men treating them well, like and, royalty. And so far, when Sancho or anybody else has tried to tell Don Quixote that he is not seeing something that he is seeing. Now, normally it, normally it does go the other way. It's somebody trying to convince him that some workaday, regular thing is not fantastical yes uh-huh. and now don quixote is the one who sees the work a day regular thing and he's trying to be convinced that it is fantastical so we're kind of primed to i guess we we don't know what to expect because normally this normally he sees what he wants to see and he comes up with his own you know description for what everything is his own explanation but now we're getting somebody who's telling him what he wants to hear and that's going to conflict with his like his insistence that the world is the way that he says that it is. I was overjoyed at Don Quixote's galaxy brain explanation for what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about it. Stand up, Sancho, he says, for I see that fortune not satisfied with my sorrows has captured all the roads by which some joy might come to the wretched spirit that inhabits this flesh. Uh, He goes on to talk about the wicked enchanter. He hath changed and transformed uh, thy peerless beauty and countenance into the figure of a poor peasant. <laughs> and he hath not also turned mine into that of a monster abominable in thy sight, seeth not to regard me kindly and lovingly, and see in the submission of mine as I kneel before thy deformed beauty, the humility <laughs> with which my soul adoreth thee. And the village girl says, you could tell that to my grandpa. <laughs> like, just leaves. <laughs> so now Don Quixote is convinced that the enchanter a character that we've never quote-unquote met like we've never met and if this person has a like a real world analog or like we have no idea we've we've not met the person who this is supposed to be we've no no clue and he's just like okay well he made dulcinea look different and he made me look different to dulcinea so now everything's ruined and it's worse than it was before (laughs) <laughs> and like I think Sancho's response is like just like live and let live, man. Just like let her go. <laughs> what if we just finally cut the rope here and just like ended this relationship and went back on the whole adventure thing like you said we were gonna do? Yeah, let's just go do adventures and find our our island and, and you can give me the cool rewards. There's a lot of stuff I really it feels like Cervantes is playing with our expectations of how a Don Quixote adventure is supposed to go now. Like he's kind of remixing it and he's, he's going meta as we saw in the, in the last chapter. Like, and there's just some really, there's some good turns of phrase in here, which I think we can credit both Cervantes and Grossman with. Totally. Uh, So this is, this is how chapter 10 begins (laughs) and we get asides like this a couple times where like these, this is a thing that happened, but the person who's recording the story 
almost didn't include it. Yes. There's one, there's one very good passage. I don't know if you want to talk about this anymore about like what good friends Rosinante and Sanjo's donkey are. Oh, we will talk about that. Yes. Okay. But the beginning of chapter 10, it just, it, it says when the author of this great history came to recount what is recounted in this chapter, he says he would have preferred to pass over it in silence, fearful. It would not be given credence for the madness of Don Quixote here reached the limits and boundaries of the greatest madnesses that can be imagined and even past two crossbow shots beyond them yeah you know how far a crossbow arrow can go like i don't know how exactly how far like where on the tech tree they are in space yeah but like but i i like it's a mechanical it's a mechanism that this like makes an arrow go really far and so to be two crossbow shots beyond the maddest madness I don't that's have my pretty. That's pretty mad. Yeah, I don't have my D and D tables in front of me for the range, the effective range. But yeah, well, and what kind of rolls are we talking about? Like, you know, there's some wiggle room in here, but it's still that's a lot of distance. Yeah, it's pretty. And it's good. an effective metaphor for communicating it. I think. Well, yeah, and for the like that, he is not only he. It's not the normal. What Sancho expects is part one Don Quixote, which is ah yes, see what I want to see. And part two, Don Quixote, is not only see what I want to see, but it's more see something else wild that makes things more difficult. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't. What comes out of this is just that they're going to keep going on their adventures, and in the back of his head, Don Quixote is like, I got to do something about this Dulcinea situation. I got Yeah, like it bothers me that she was an ugly peasant and I really have to I have to figure it out. I think I don't remember which chapter if it if it's in this one or the next one where he says I think it's in the next one cuz chapter 11 starts off with Don Quixote looking sad and Sancho Panza says, "What the devil is this? What kind of mood is this? Are we here or in France?" <laughs> which is apparently a dig at being rational or overly emotional, which is kind of fun. Um, I, there was a there's a fun like little another little self referential passage in here that I liked where you know uh, Don Quixote and Rosinante are, are you know sallying forth and. Um, uh, it talks about uh, Don Quixote and Rosinante have both been laid out by whatever exploit it is that they have they have gone on. And there's just a little aside that you get at the end, the usual finale and conclusion of Rosinante's exuberance and bold exploits. Like <laughs> we've we've done this enough times with Rosinante and Don Quixote. Yes, you are familiar. There is there is now a usual the way that it ends, which is yes. with both of them knocked on their butts uh-huh. by some stupid thing. <laughs> um, so. What, Sancho's like, buck up, buddy. Like, we got a we got adventures to have, and I think somewhere in there, Quixote comes up with this idea that maybe he's going to defeat some enemies, and when you defeat other knights, you get to tell them what to do, which is yes, a convention right. of mm-hmm. this world, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, chivalry. No, that makes sense. And one thing that he can do is is like defeat some people and then make them seek out Dulcinea 
to like see if the enchantment only works on him <laughs> and perhaps unravel this enchanter's mystery. It's a little unclear, sure. like a lot of things that Don Quixote wants to do. This, I mean, this is still how chivalry works today, though. Yeah. Like if you if you do the thing where you like lay your coat over a puddle on the ground so uh-huh. somebody can like walk over it, which is, by the way, this is a stupid thing to do. Like you ruin your coat by putting it in dirty puddle water who's the first person just to do that walk around or but like if i open the car door for you you have to do everything that i say yeah you owe you owe me a life debt yeah so that's that's where the wookies got it from Mm -hmm. um is from uh don quixote the original Mm -hmm. wookie Mm -hmm. um and i don't remember like while they're hashing this out who shows up andrew a cart of people that are scary <laughs> show up i mean it is the dragula rolls in full of it demons is, it is actors yeah but they're dressed up as like death and like an angel and stuff the assembly of death mm-hmm. um some mystery play that they're doing that has the, the queen and a demon and an emperor and all sorts of stuff in it and the i mean the whole encounter is just like no 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 no, no. we're just actors it's fine we're just actors yeah and but then, but then Don Quixote is like, you know, actors are really great and we should respect them and all the good work that they do. <laughs> like he does. He spends a lot a of time weird defending the theater, which is kind of yeah. nice. Uh, I, I figured you would like this, Mr. Mr. Playboy over here. That's two words, not one word. Because, mm. yeah, you're the playboy. Yeah. Uh, and then a guy, the fool of the, of the cast unclear why he does this just starts well it's probably why he just starts messing with the steeds and like spooking the horse and the donkey and like he's got a he's carrying a bunch of bladders that he's banging on and shaking (laughs) some bells and sticks and stuff and I think when Don Quixote like falls down at one point then later he starts acting it out I'm not I wasn't really sure what to make of this sequence, except Sometimes, this is the thing. See, this is the thing, and and I, even though you're a playboy, you can you can sympathize with me on this because this this is just like you know actors, right? Like just like turn it <laughs> off sometimes, you know? Yes, no. This is very much a a. Uh, I mean, they are some of them are playing stock characters, but this is very much a like. Actors are strange. They're yeah, so they're artsy and weird. If you, if you think Don Quixote is is two crossbow shots past madness, wait till he meets an actor. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> uh, and th- I think the the you mentioned that Cervantes is like upending our expectations, and I certainly th- wasn't sure. I certainly wasn't sure where this was going to go because. After Rosinante and I don't remember, does uh, the donkey have a name? I don't think he does have a name. I okay. think it's just the donkey. Okay. Um, when they like are dealt with and it's clear that they've been mistreated, Don Quixote is very mad about it and he wants to give them a what for. And all of them pick up rocks <laughs> and are going to like clearly throw their rocks at him. And Sandra's like, whoa, 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 whoa you can't protect yourself against rocks rocks are your kryptonite uh i don't know if you <laughs> if you i don't know if you read part one of don quixote don quixote but uh you get 
messed up by rocks a lot. Yeah, Don Quixote, what are, are you a bug type Pokemon? Because rocks will mess you up. Got him. Yeah. Th- what? It was Pokemon very effective. Shining, shining diamond and super pearl are coming out <laughs> in the in the next month or so, and I'm getting I'm getting excited. Uh, and Don Quixote listens to him. I thought that this was going to come to a fight of some some sort of theatrical fight. And once again, Cervantes has said, no, no, no. Part it is two. The, the rare Don Quixote encounter that where Don Quixote is like somebody who doesn't care playing D&D. He's like, <laughs> you're it's like your worst friend playing D&D. Yeah. And he's like, I, I draw my sword on the shopkeeper. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, ins- I make this an armed conflict. I suppose the wrinkle is we get that um, thing where Don Quixote says, I'm not allowed to fight people who aren't knights. It's not fair. So, Sancho, you have to do it. And Sancho's like, we could just leave, though. Sancho's we- real good at getting himself out of fights in this. In this in section. This yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so they leave and we never see these people ever again. And we never see them again. It's, it's, their, their brush with, with death is alluded uh-huh. to a couple of times uh-huh. in, the, in subsequent chapters. But yeah, that's all, the, that's all that this encounter comes to. The next major run-in they have is they, they meet another knight errant, don't they? They do. I appreciated. I don't want to gloss over too fast the passage prior, which is where... Even Don Quixote starts to recognize that Sancho is leveling up his like intelligence and wisdom stats. Yeah, because they have the, the whole thing where Sancho's like, the you know the the your influences the manure that fertilizes my like fallow brain fields. Like it's this whole like tortured metaphor about about smearing poop around and and don quixote um, laughs but enjoys it which is great yeah you know, he's, he's kind of into it he's kind of into it there's another and i don't remember where exactly this happens either but there there is a point somewhere in these early chapters where don quixote offers sancho a choice between like some some like spoil of whatever adventure that they're going on or like the next you know the next baby mules or whatever yeah. that his that his mules have on his farm, and Sancho is Sancho has been the game show contestant who has taken the mystery box too many times, and he <laughs> says no, the mules, I'll take the mules, yeah, a, and a, a bird in the hands worth two in the bush, and he many times over these chapters is. Uh, very happy with the decision that he's made. Yeah, he's he's starting to get that. You know, you know, you can you can hope for the the insula eventually. Like you know, you, you buy a lottery ticket, you you you're pretty sure you're not going to win, but you might. Yes, the only way the only way to lose is not to play. You know, so but but if you can get a shorter term reward that is more concrete in the meantime, then go for it. Yeah, you got to you got to be able to like eat so that you can buy a lottery ticket tomorrow is what Sancho's doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and and also there he's going to meet this new knight after they start to settle down for camp. They're settling down for camp. This is where we get this passage about Rosinante and the donkey being the best friends. They're just the best of friends. The two friends. <laughs> uh which the author compares I may, to- I, t- I make the two friends references kind of a lot just in conversation now like anybody like that's a reference that anybody knows Uh uh-huh 
but um, I like it. I I like it. I know. Too. I w- when you, when you're around, I know that you get it, and, and that's like you know. And who are we? But two friends. We're just the two friends. Yeah. Think about that. Mm. Um, and the author compares the these two animal friends uh, to a bunch of like characters from mythology. Um, and then says, no one should think that the author digressed by comparing the friendship of these animals to that of men. For men have learned a good deal from animals. Oh, yeah, this passage rules. <laughs> and there's so many amazing footnotes for it, too. Uh, men have learned a good deal from animals and have been taught many important things by them. For example, from storks, the enema. From, yeah. from dogs, vomiting. And gratitude from cranes, vigilance from ants, foresight from elephants, okay, chastity and loyalty my, from the horse. Dig into the footnotes, Andrew. Go. I mean, it's not even the footnotes. I just wanted to. I just wanted to say that my favorite one of these is that we learned chastity from elephants. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's famously chaste is an elephant. It's true. It's true. I just but yeah. There's a the the enema footnote, for example, is uh, uh, Grossman informs us that uh, Pliny, 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 uh, who is a old timey. If you listen to the podcast Sawbones, which I haven't in years, which is nothing. This is not nothing against the podcast. It's a nope. podcast. I just don't. You know, there's only so much hours in the day. But he's an old timey guy who just had an opinion about pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> and Pliny claims that uh, that storks could administer quote administer an enema to itself by filling its neck with water and using its long beak as a nozzle. Heck yeah, that's metal. That I mean, is yeah. intense. And we're not going to kink shame storks on this podcast. No, that's a, that's a hygienic <laughs> maneuver is what that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, be, be your own bidet. Be the bidet that you want to see in the world. You know? Bidet. Yeah. That's great. I love everything I about like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Dogs, of course, famously the only animals that barf. <laughs> They're uh, the only cranes, yes. cranes love... Oh, we, we okay. Gratitude also from dogs, and then cranes are very vigilant. Ants, I I think there are a lot of things about ants. Like they can carry their many times their own body weight. Like they're very, uh, they're very. They have a lot of strength constitution. Per capita. Consti- yeah. Constitution is there is is their, their primary next yeah. thing. Uh, foresight not a not a property. I would have no. I would not associated with ants but, i do but, just appreciate you know, this this note in the last uh of these footnotes it says all of these concepts regarding animals were fairly commonplace <laughs> that's so wild grossman <laughs> you rule <laughs> what a good footnote just people walking around spain being like man you she's i tried to try to put the moves on her but she's chased like an elephant <laughs> Oh, you 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 a little stocked up. You uh, need to go to the bathroom and stork it a little bit. You, you know, you need to stork it. You need to stork it. Maybe you should stork it. You need to you need to make like a dog and go vomit. While the author is giving us this gem, um, another knight wanders into the region after Sancho and uh, Quixote have made camp. A, kn- a knight and squire duo no less yes the night, yes. night of, is it the night of the woods is what they what they a, keep referring to them uh it's it intermittently called night of the mirrors and or night of mirrors or something and the squire of, of squire of the wood is what the squire is for it's sure. it's pretty interchangeable which is i i don't know if that's a function of the of the translation 
or what? It takes a while before anybody gets an italicized name um, like Don Quixote does. But and this this guy is like, hey, I'm sad. Just like Don Quixote is sad. He doesn't say that, <laughs> but like basically that's screaming off the page. Well, so okay, so we, we get the we get this fun passage where the squires go off to hang out and have squire chat, and the the knights errant hang out and they have night chat. And the squires end up having a conversation where they mostly talk about eating big sandwiches like Dagwood from the Blondie comics and drinking wine. Oh, and Sancho learns to say the word horsen as a compliment. Yeah, so Sancho here learns about um, ironic compliments I yeah guess. like when you well, yeah when you say a bad word at someone because they did something cool like when you call like your close good friend a stupid idiot except yeah. if i called craig like a horse son all the time <laughs> <laughs> which i don't know we might work that one into our into our repertoire i don't know it comes up as i can't see the future it comes up I don't, as i'm this... not an ant i don't have foresight <laughs> <laughs> it comes up as this squire is is asking um He's asking Sancho about his family. He says Horson about Sancho's daughter. And he's like, what the heck? Uh, and he's like, no, it's a compliment, dog. Chill out. And I, my conclusion coming out of this chapter, as you said, they're, talk, they're drinking. They're talking about sandwiches. They're eating. And it's like, huh, is this squire selling Sancho on going home and like not putting himself in as much danger anymore well and and, and this, this is a squire we've never met before like is this also a sancho situation where yeah. he is aware to some extent of a madness in in whatever it is that his his night friend is is doing like how we are inclined to think of these two characters as like being a, similar in like yeah. experience and background and disposition just because we've spent so much time with Sancho. We've seen no other knights errant and squires this whole time because the book has made it clear that this is like made up. Yeah, my spidey sense madness. went off. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw and this. So like, this what pair- is the deal with this guy? Yes. It like, and we know that this book is out in the world. So like, is that causing people to behave this way? Like, I wasn't sure how the fact that Don Quixote was a person some people knew about might play here. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get the sweet note that Sancho is like, my master is like very simple and I love him and I could never leave him. Like that oh, was yeah, really, that, that was, that was very nice. And that, that it is one very small section in one passage in the second book that came out like a decade yeah. after the first one, <laughs> but it does, but it does, it goes a long way to, to explaining what Sancho is still doing here. Yes. Because, I mean, th- there is some part of him. He mentions the the insula and the governorship that he's supposed to get often enough that y- I think you are supposed to get the sense that he's still, you know, he's still hoping. He's keeping that, keeping yeah. that flame burning, you know? Yeah. But on some level, I think he, and, and you see this in his, like, insistence on tangible rewards for it. like like please please pay me in material things now don quixote please um 
but like, he says he says but, but, but of- like this is this, yeah this is what this is why this is what he's still doing here is like he 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 knows don quixote is, is kind of nuts he knows that he is getting beat up on a regular basis because of the things that they are doing but he knows he also knows that don quixote doesn't mean anything bad by it. like he's yeah, not true. malicious at all and, yes. and and maybe he really does need somebody who's just out here looking out for him yep. and that's and that's where sancho's affection is coming and from so- it, yes it's very it's a it's a very nice little grace note that's like tucked into this sort of silly conversation that they're having. And that's that's what set me up to wonder at the end of this and kind of feel like a little preemptively sad when Sancho's like, you know what? I'll get him on his adventure to Zaragoza and then we'll see what happens. And there's like an, a little ambiguity there of, of what Sancho might want to do. So then cut over to the knights talking <laughs> to each other andrew and it's already been set up that it's already been foreshadowed that they're gonna end up beating each other up in the yeah. morning and so the only question is like how do we get from where we are now to to that <laughs> do you re- do you remember like so i liked the part where the night this mystery night of the woods is like yeah my lady loves me so much that she told me to do three terrible things that were very difficult, one of which involved jumping into a chasm uh, <laughs> just to prove my love for her. And then she yeah, told I, me... I, I don't even remember the, the name that he he gives for this this lady love that he has, but it's been like the effect of it is essentially like, oh, I have my... I also have my love, a uh, uh, Balsanea... Calcidea, Castledea, excuse me. <laughs> Castlevania of <laughs> Bobosa. Konami. Castlevania of Konami. Castlevania my- of Konami is my is my lady love, and I would do anything for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but it's like but the but the sorry, you you were you were going through the, the oh, yeah. thing. So go so, for it. so then like he does the things for her, and then she's like, listen, go away. Uh and I need you to defeat every other knight or whatever out there and make them swear that I'm the best, which like, like no one ever was. Yes. Um, and before the turn of this whole passage happened, I was like, Oh, that's a funny escalation of some of the stuff that's happened to Don Quixote. That's a funny way for this lady to make the knight errant go away, which is to just have to perpetually be out there fighting people in her name and he'll never come back. Uh, and he says that he defeated Don Quixote. This is the most, the most perfect troll. (laughs) It's so good because the entire time Don Quixote is trying to think of a way to say, well, I'm Don Quixote. (laughs) (laughs) A man who has spent a book and a 10th of a book just bursting into rooms going i'm don quixote now has now he makes it about a page of going tell me more about (laughs) don quixote well eventually he just says you know this this don quixote i i love him as i as i love myself like he's making very (laughs) abstract references to and and you know he he gets to a point to save his own face i think where he just blames this whole mix up on enchanters. Yeah. But yes. uh but he is, you know, they are, they do get to a point where they're going to fight each other. 
It's kind of and, left open where yeah. he's where where he's like, okay, I may understand you may because of the magic of the people who hate me, the famous Don Quixote, the famous Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. You may have thought you beat me, uh, but you really didn't, and I'm gonna prove it by beating you. Yeah. And according to the rules of chivalry, yep, whoever wins gets to tell the other person what to do within the bounds of chivalry. You can't yeah, tell I mean, someone to be yeah. a jerk, I guess. But you, you can't can, tell somebody to to do something on chivalrous. You can't have you can't have a knight go beat up their squire or something. No. Funnily enough, we do get a little passage of Sancho and the other squire and the other squire is like yo yo we have to fight uh, uh, according to the rules you and I are going to fight <laughs> and Sancho's like no let's not fight and the guy and it just becomes this whole thing where they're like okay well if we were going to fight I would kick your butt and then Sancho's like well if we were to fight and you were to do the thing that you just said that you were going to do to kick my butt. I would do this other better thing to kick your butt, actually. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. It's like, oh, if, if you don't want to fight, I'll slap you in the face. And then you'll want to fight me. It's like, oh, you're going to slap me in the face. I'll hit you with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I have not come to any episode with as much love for Sancho as this episode. I think these were yeah. my favorite Sancho passages so far. Yeah, like usually I just in in the past I've just sort of wondered why why Sancho like why mm. are you why mm-hmm. are you still here what are you doing like what what is your state of mind are you actually are you are you mad are you buying into this are you not like but this this is the more aware of things but still kind of a doofus Sancho that I think like my understanding of the character was yes. coming into this. Yes. And he's, he's more fully that he's more fully like crystallized into that. Yep. Here. I, would I don't know if that's going to continue or if we just happen to read <laughs> an eight chapter passage of this book where it seems that way. But I, yes, I was into it as well. Sancho showed up. Um, what also shows up the light of day. Two big things that appear that happen in, when the light of day arrives before the big fight. Um, Don Quixote realizes he can't see his opponent's face, is a little confused by that. And the guy won't show him his face. The squire has a giant purple Wario nose. <laughs> and Sancho is terrified of it. He's worried that he's kidding. gonna get hit with the giant purple wario nose i was gonna say that he had a nose like grimace from mcdonald's but grimace doesn't have a nose grimace's whole body is just the big purple thing well he then he does have a nose that is like grimace from mcdonald's like grimace from mcdonald's but yes. no wario wario nose is better um and so sancho's plan is to have Don Quixote like put him in a tree so he doesn't have to fight mm-hmm. and Don Quixote does a good job in the fight he does a good job. Well, and and there's I do feel like there's a little bit of confusion about the rules, but yeah. the end result is that Don Quixote actually wins a fight for once. For once, right away. And it comes to light that these two jokers are a couple of people from Don Quixote's hometown, like Don, Don Quixote and Sancho's neighbors. Yeah. I said one of them the the knight is the bachelor who I think we did meet in the in the last book, right? 
yeah, Sanson Carrasco. Yes. Who isn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he not the guy who told them about the book? No, isn't it somebody else? I thought that he was like an out-of-towner who came in and told Don Quixote about all the thing. I think The Bachelor is somebody else. No, this who is he, the same who, guy. This is the same is guy. The same guy. Okay, all right. I'm I'm googling to dub to be to be sure. No, that's but. it's. I'm glad that you're doing that because I'm I don't remember. But the point point being that these are two guys who Sancho and Don Quixote know, and they are continuing to try to get Don Quixote to go back home, in the hopes that just like going home and living his, what what used to be his life, will snap him out of this thing because it, it keeps coming up and 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 as we as we wrap up we'll talk about the the way that don quixote comes off to a third party who knows nothing about him but it's still a thing where he is you know he's he's very erudite he's very he makes good points it's, it is not as though his brain is you know just like runny eggs in there he, or he, cheese yeah, like the, the people are still holding out hope that this is something that can be fixed or reverted or whatever. Yeah. And so the the these guys dis- decided that they were going to be a, a knight errant and squire combo. They were going to get Don Quixote to fight. And because he was a he, you know, because because the bachelor is a the quote sane guy and he knows what he's doing. Of course, he'll beat Don Quixote. Well, and he read the book where Don Quixote looks like a buffoon, and he's like, "Well, he looks I can like a beat him all the time." Yeah, and, and you know, when when he's beat, because you know, by the rules of chivalry, that they have to do what you say. Yeah, <laughs> from then on, <laughs> that he would command him to, to to stop being a knight errant and just to be a regular guy again, and then that would be the end of it. Yes. But he did. They did not have a contingency plan for what if Don Quixote kicks his butt, and that's <laughs> no. what happens. And so we learn everything you just said in the next chapter, one of the few chapters where Don Quixote is just like not on screen, um, and it gives us some extra information. Before we learn that, uh, Don Quixote uh, commands this knight who looks like the guy they know and Don Quixote is pretty sure that the enchanters are involved again. (laughs) And he's like, listen, dude, you're going to go talk to Dulcinea and then you're going to come back to me and you will find me by the deeds I have done. (laughs) You will follow me and just ask around and that's how you'll know where I am. Next Uh, time someone asks me, like we're going to go out and like get a beer somewhere and you, where are we going? And, and, and you want to know where I'm going to say you will find me by the deeds I have done <laughs> that the little explanatory chapter of Carrasco has this beat where I could I saw him become the bad guy where he's where uh, the squire guy or the fake squire is like, OK, we got to get you fixed up. And then I guess we're going to go try to help Don Quixote some more. And he's like, this is pure revenge now. Like he is angry that Don Quixote broke his ribs and whatever happens. I'm sure he's still going to try and help him, but it has like a little more of a hard edge. Yeah. He's become the Joker. He has become the Joker. Yeah. Um, And so in the last few chapters, we Sancho. Oh, Sancho's in this spot where he's like, okay, was that my neighbor? Don Quixote says it was an enchanter, but, Part of that evidence is the Dulcinea thing, which I know has no which, enchantment. Which I, made I know it up. is, yeah, because I made it up. 
Uh, and to your point earlier, Andrew, I just like I appreciated the parts in these chapters where Cervantes is showing us Sancho like wrestling with keeping kayfabe or like succumbing to the alternate dimension of Don Quixote uh-huh. or just trying to look out for Sancho like the the open question of what reality Sancho is going to choose to live in is a kind of a fun one. Yeah. Um, they meet a guy named Don Diego de Miranda. He's wearing a cool green coat. And this is yeah, like and, a and classic. Is, he's an, like an aristocratic guy yeah. who has never, hasn't read the book, hasn't heard of Don Quixote. Yep. And he gets like, we, we've had characters marvel about this before, but this is the first time in a while where, I mean, the whole thing is like, the things that he says make sense and seem sane, but the things that he does seem completely off the wall bananas all the time. Yes. The first thing that happens, Don Diego's complaining about his son who's way too into poetry. <laughs> He's just, I guess. Classic. It's, <laughs> is it, did, did Cervantes invent the large adult son or is this just a. <laughs> My large adult son has gone to college and he won't study law. He just wants to talk about poetry. And he won't like even read contemporary poets and like maybe get into something that's useful and make money. He just wants to read Homer all day. You know, the fortnight of its time, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and Don Quixote gives them this like his lo- this lovely monologue of advice that's like, let him walk the path to which his star calls him. And let him go be a poet and okay, maybe if his poetry sucks, like step in and say something. <laughs> but like let him be the person he wants to be. Yeah, I mean it it the the openness and the sweetness of that that you're responding to for me is soured a little bit by how uh, self-serving it is yeah. from Don Quixote's perspective. Sure. <laughs> like Don Quixote telling somebody, you know, you just gotta let people do whatever they want regardless of if it's good or bad. Fair <laughs> like enough. Fair enough. It rings a little hollow for me. But but on it, account of how Don Quixote has abused that that mm, impulse. Sure. <laughs> sure. But but to your point, Diego is like, huh, guy makes a decent point. He d- yeah, no, and he, he structures his arguments well and things. He put on a helmet and he had like gooey cheese okay. run down his face. <laughs> but aside from that, he seems he makes some very excellent points. He okay, yes, Sancho buys some cheese curds. He uh, is very late and puts them in the helmet, and Don Quixote puts them on, and he gets cheese brain and is like, "Why is my brain melting? Yeah, and, what is this is trickling down my face?" And Sancho has to be like, "Uh, it's cheese." And Don Quixote is like, "Well, why would you put cheese in my helmet?" And, and he Sancho's goes, like, "It was the enchantress." <laughs> Uh, to which Don Quixote goes, anything is possible. And then a guy rolls up with a cart with two lions in it. And this is a big, this is the, this is the other side of the spectrum for Don Diego watching this guy. He's like, I got to fight these lions. I got to fight them. Yep. The king wants these lions. I have to fight these lions just to make I have to sure. I the lions. And so he will will blow through this pretty fast because it's so he says, okay, let the lions out. I'm going to fight him. And the lion comes out correctly, I think, observes that there is no threat in the area and then goes back into his cage. Yes. And then Don Quixote says, well, 
I've, I looks like I vanquished these lions. <laughs> He, and then he makes the lion trainer guy promise to say that he'll say that Don Quixote beat all the lions. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he makes this like passionate argument to Don Diego about like there are knights who go to court to like make ladies feel nice and to boost the king's spirits. And there are knights whose job it is to do brave but maybe stupid seeming things. And that's what I do because it might be weird, but every once in a while it's useful. And then, and then Don Quixote says to himself, you know what? I did a really good job with this lion thing. If by chance his majesty asks who performed the deed, tell him it was the Knight of the Lions. From this day forth, I want the name I have had until now, the Knight of the Sorrowful Face, to be changed, altered, turned, and transformed into this. And in doing so, I follow the ancient usage of the knights errant who changed their names whenever they wished or whenever it seemed appropriate. He's gone to P. Diddy now. So he's the Knight of the Lions now. He is the Knight of the Lions. And listen, I, he he didn't seem super psyched about Knight of the Sorrowful Face when no. it was initially introduced. And so I applaud him for deciding to jump off that train when he got the chance. But, I mean, we don't see how this pans out but you know how it goes when you try to give yourself a nickname like it always just comes off as kind of desperate right yeah it's not great yeah i yeah i'm sure 300 episodes ago i talked about the new kid in my high school who made us all call him top gun yeah no i do remember top gun and i bet nobody called him top gun uh nobody called him top gun and meant it <laughs> See, that's the people call him Night of the Lions, but they'll just be making fun of him the whole time. Oh, real Night of the Lions over here. Yeah, it's favorite, sure. It's my favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, so they go back to Don Diego's house. He's like, "Come over, stay over for a few days. Meet my poet son. Convince talk me. to my crappy son about poetry." And before he's like, "Hey, crappy son, can you just like you are okay? I don't love that you love poetry so much, but you are kind of smart. Can you just talk to this guy? He's kind of amazing." And I need you to tell me if he's like super crazy or what. Use your poet brain to like suss him out. And they have an interesting conversation where Though I, I mean the 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 end point is ultimately the same. Like this yeah. this guy is either he, he seems like he's either used to be sane as descending further into madness or he's mad and maybe he could get back to being sane. And and again, I don't think we talk enough about the, how rudimentary this book's grasp of like how mental health works is. No, it's not but, great. Uh, yeah. But, but everybody continues to be perplexed by the duality of Don Quixote. Yeah. That where he is you can capable. have, you can yeah. have a perfectly nice conversation with him and then he tries to go and fight a lion. Yeah. And then he comes back and is like says some really erudite stuff about why he fought that lion. <laughs> yeah. And also they kick the lion's butt and then you should call him the Knight of the Lions now because of how good he was at fighting the lion. The poet teen reads Don Quixote some of his poetry. Quixote is very impressed. Says he's the best poet he's ever heard. <laughs> Which I appreciated the Cervantes is like, okay, now the kid wasn't sure what to do with Don Quixote, but flattery was a very nice. <laughs> yep. Very nice. And they stay there for four days, hanging out, reading poetry, yeah. eating, drinking. Mm -hmm. and I Sancho think they, likes this a lot. Don yeah. Quixote is, starts to get itchy feet after a bit. 
Um, and I guess they like resupply and head out on more yeah. adventures. Can't wait. I like I liked these chapters. This a was lot. Like, this, this was, was a good passage. And it was like as you said, it was kind of taking some of the beats that we saw in part one and like turning them on their head a little bit. I like that we have a foil for Don Quixote now. Mm-hmm. Like what is what is Carrasco gonna do? Like I, he's just gonna be out there. Yeah, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And the evolution of Sancho. He's in his next form. Yeah, like by because by the time we got to the end of part one and we were getting into like the 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 uh, the cuck story and like all the other stuff that was yeah. going on at the end of that thing. I like we were sort of glad for the breaks from Don Quixote himself because yes, he was getting a little rote. For sure. He was getting a little rote. And and this, you know, I I was worried that, you know, coming back to the well would just be more of what we'd gotten already and the the twist that we are getting on it now that we're really getting out into this third sally has been has been entertaining so far for sure see the man who tips the needle see the man who buys and sells see the man we're going to be covering chapters 19 through 26 of the second part of Don Quixote. And the real second part, not the fake second yeah. part that that, guy, that pretender guy wrote and he made Cervantes very mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Last time on, Sancho pranked Don Quixote mm-hmm. by pointing at some ladies on some donkeys and said oh, that yeah. one of them was Dulcinea. Uh-huh. And Don Quixote was and like, she wasn't, but it doesn't really matter because it's all made up. And well, Dulcinea's but it's magic. Don Quixote's girlfriend from Canada. Yeah. And and we we kind of dug into Sancho. Maybe he is like sort of believing some of the magic stuff, but he does know that this prank is his and he kind of has to reconcile those two things. I'm really like every batch of chapters in the second book. I feel like we're exploring a different dimension of. Uh, Quixote and Sancho's yeah. relationship. Last time it was like Sancho kind of being in on the joke with the reader and making yeah. fun at of times, Don Quixote a at little times. bit. At times. And then this this batch of chapters, we get some real like post-retirement married couple. Like these people, <laughs> these people are gonna kill each other, but they don't know how to not be together anymore. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> other big plot points that we just need to hit real quick from last time he fought the mirror knight the knight of the wood um, Carrasco who we met very early in this part and it seemed Carrasco's plan was to compel Don Quixote to go home mm-hmm. and he failed to defeat Don Quixote and now maybe he's the Joker now it's unclear he's a villain maybe he's maybe. out there mm-hmm. um, we hung out with Don Diego Don Quixote, quote unquote, fought a lion and they crashed at Diego's house and hung out with Diego's dumb poet's son. And so now (laughs) they're back on the road again. Yep. 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 And who do they meet? And they meet strangers on the road like you do. They meet some people who might be like priests or students. It's not clear because apparently (laughs) the garb that each group would have worn would have been pretty similar. Yep. As well as some farmers, right? Some, yeah, yeah and uh and we find well one we find out that strangers who have never met don quixote before are sometimes still momentarily taken in by his shtick just that he's sometimes a, yeah yeah he's an imposing just that he's figure a great, cool guy yeah well he's he's not really but if you don't know as much about him as we do you don't 
always pick up on that immediately. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so there's like a duel among a couple of these guys. I don't really what care that much about. Don't they fight? Well, does that happen, or is that later? I think that's. Mm. I wanted to get past this part because it's it's boring. I want to get to this wedding. Oh, between... I was yeah. I was just going to talk about them giving them the information on the wedding. So let's set up. Yeah, yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. about so this wedding. They fill them in on the wedding where um, I'm going to let you fill in the names for me. But there's a <laughs> there's a poor guy. Well, because my my uh, my web Kindle doesn't isn't working. This is this is the you've retained <laughs> the price no that we all pay. <laughs> okay, sure. I don't, I don't people's names it's not it's not a big deal so there's a lady she's gonna marry this very rich guy who is not like nobly born instead of marrying this other like poor guy who is nobly born let me tell you their names andrew okay camacho the rich Mm -hmm. um i don't know if he's macho but his name is camacho Mm -hmm. and kiteria nachos camacho the nacho loving macho man um Mm -hmm. kiteria is his beautiful also also loves gazpacho (laughs) bride to be Mm -hmm. um and uh he also loves the movie nacho libre um and the poor guy is basilio now he is only poor in his economic status he's apparently very good at a lot of things that's fine and he and Kiteria knew each other from childhood. Uh, they're maybe in love. People seem to think that maybe she has promised her heart to him in the past. Yeah, you kind of get like I. You can fill in the backstory in your brain of these folks because we have run into this exact like couple of of people like yeah. six times in this, in this book bit. so far. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't. Normally, like we'd meet them in an inn and we'd meet them one at a time and we get one half of the story, then we get the other half of the story and then everything would work out like Shakespeare style at the end of like a five chapter cycle. But in this one, it's all kind of implied within a couple of chapters. You you get basically what you need. Um, So the main main thing I think that's that kind of sets us apart, which you alluded to earlier, is that instead of spending multiple chapters doing their backstory, we get two Mm -hmm. chapters of Quixote and Panza arguing about this situation. Like, <laughs> well, because cause Sancho's just like talking a lot and he's fudging uh, idioms a lot as he is wont to do. And Quixote eventually starts being just like, shut, just shut up. Just, just stop shut talking. up. Just stop talking. And Sancho's like, well, you said I could talk as much as I want if I didn't insult you or Dulcinea. And I, so I don't think I've broken that rule yet. So I'm just going to keep talking if that's OK. Yeah, it's not OK, but he's going to do it anyway. And Sancho yeah. spends one chapter on Basilio's side because like true love conquers everything. Um, yeah, but then he shows up to the wedding and uh, there's a lot of food there. And the it's food, I really feel like dope. I'm in a red wall book. There's a lot just of the food. description of the lot of food, big cauldrons filled with sheep and like whole sheep and geese and chickens <laughs> and like these giant wine bags that all have like three gallons of wine a piece in them. And they've got a big like a like a cow like stuck on a big skewer yep. mm-hmm. and they're just roasting it over this gigantic fire. And so this is our boy Sancho's whole deal. Like he's. Very Chewbacca-esque in that he's always thinking with his stomach. 
and he wants to stay and he wants to eat all this stuff and instantly he's on rich guy's side he is swapped over to camacho he's a camacho mm-hmm. man now and now he's a camacho hmm a camacho i i got it in one i don't know what oh, you're trying to come um, up with no you're good he's a camacho nacho he's fine were you gonna say he was a camachambre? What were you gonna say? No, I was I was I was gonna get there, but then I didn't. Okay, well, well, Sancho tries to get there and get all this food, and he doesn't either. Because well, he go does bad. scoop like a, he scoops a few. You know, he scoops some stuff into his own little yes little pot, and I was, gets to eat some just just enough to be full, but not enough to be satisfied really, yeah he will never he's be Sancho Panza. yeah um we get like in the first chapter we get a little bit of Quixote being like yeah love is like a weird thing and sometimes you fall in love young but it's like is that the per- best person for the rest of your life but Don Quixote kind of leaves any sort of specific argument be while Sancho is opining and idioming mm-hmm. being an idiom idiot and getting his getting his food on mm-hmm. and so they do go to the wedding and you're not really sh- don quixote just seems curious like he just seems interested to see love happen yeah he just he hasn't taken any particular person's side in this is just like he's he's adventuring he's you know he he is not driven as Sancho is by his stomach, I'm but he leaping, won't turn down a meal. I'm leaping through my copy, and the cook that uh, tells Sancho that he can take some food says to him, Brother, thanks to Rich Camacho, hunger has no jurisdiction today. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought rules. Well, yeah, we'll come back. So uh, the, uh, the poor guy shows up. Well, there's a whole like there's a song and dance. They do a dance at the wedding. They she's very beautiful. He's very handsome and rich. And then yes, but they the poor guy Basilio yet. shows. Up. They're not married yeah. yet. No, no, no. But uh, Basilio shows up and he's like, "Man, you're supposed to marry me." Ugh, this sucks. And then he fa- apparently he falls on his sword and well, gravely injures himself. He says, "You know, I it sucks that the reason you can't get married is because she loves me." Mm-hmm. Why don't I just die? Now, I, I thought die? inside of that paragraph, Andrew, I thought he was going to like pull out a ninja sword and start fighting people. He stuck. He sticks a stick in the ground mm-hmm. and then pulls the top off of it. And it's a blade. It's a blade. And I and was like, oh, sick fight. And then, no, he just jumps onto it and starts bleeding everywhere. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, no. But psych. It was just a trick blade, and he fell on, like, this little bag of blood that he had. The tube was full of it. And I guess that his, like, theatrics win her over, and she goes with him anyway? The plan, his plan is, I'm going to die at this wedding. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, hey, you're going to go to hell? Because you just... Mm -hmm killed yourself like here mm-hmm. at this wedding in front of everyone mm-hmm. and he's like okay i'll do my confession if she marries me so that i get to go to heaven and everyone's like okay and then she would you would die and then she could still marry him that would kind of work out and she does agree to it she was not party to the scheme we learn later no she wasn't party to the scheme though she did love but him she was still yeah, and she did get suckered in by the scheme. So yes, and as soon as she her. says that she'll marry him, he jumps up, healed, brand new, mm-hmm. 
and there is there's gonna be a big fight. It's gonna there's be a gonna sharks be, and jets rumble. Yeah, there's gonna be a fight. There, everybody's drawing their swords and getting all worked up. And Quixote is on the side of the poor guy. Yeah, and he rides forward and he makes a very elegant speech. And but again, because people at this wedding do not have enough of a background with Don Quixote to know <laughs> that he's ridiculous. Yeah, they all listen to him and are like, man, this guy, he, he can fight, he can speechify. Like, what can't he do? He's Don Quixote is awesome. His argument is, listen, all's fair in love and war. Like, mm-hmm. all of us here have been in war and we all know it's cool to do dirty tricks in war. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do dirty tricks in love. And when it's motivated by love, then it's, it's all good, baby. It's all good. It's all good, baby. And Camacho is so won over by this argument that everybody just gets to feast. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to just eat like you're at a wedding. Just like party like you're at a wedding because I'm so not hung up on what just happened. Yes. I. There's but, of, a, but of course, our heroes, our heroes do not because Don well, Quixote has to go back to the... Basilio leaves. Basilio's like, yes. we're not going to have your food. Yeah. And Camacho's like, everyone else can. Everyone else can party. Tells and himself a Quixote little... Quixote goes with, with... Basilio, yeah. Basilio and Sancho reluctantly... Very upset. Not without many backwards glances yes. <laughs> at all the food that he's missing out on also goes. I appreciated the little beat where it's implied that Camacho like really looked the situation... Looked into the heart of the situation and was like, well, she did love that guy. Probably. Yeah, right. What's what's it's better that, you know, she loves him before she was married. She probably would have loved him as a married woman, too. So it's I guess it's best that we didn't pull the trigger. On yep. That one. Yep. <laughs> Glad we got out of that one. He says time, yeah. to, time to throw a party for me. The cool guy who made a good decision. Come yeah, on. This just this just became a bullet dodging party. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> So they go hang out with Basilio. Yep. And they're just kind of, I think they hang out there for like two or three days and just chill. Yeah, they just chill and everybody thinks Don Quixote is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's ever gone this far without people finding out that he's ridiculous before. No, he gives a big speech about like loving your wife and trying to make sure she has a good reputation. I couldn't quite tell if it if I sh- should have found it offensive or should have supported it it just seemed like he was having opinions about marriage which he seemed a little unqualified to speechify about mm-hmm. i wasn't quite sure what his take was mm-hmm. sancho found it incredible that he would continue to have takes but we know by now that quixote is a take machine that's just he's out here all the time mm-hmm. having takes <laughs> and then he says to a guy i heard you were talking about the cave of montesinos take me there yeah (laughs) the cave of montesino so this whole the rest of this is kind of a grab bag even by the time you get to chapter uh 26 the little uh header of the chapter that describes what goes on in it just says uh blah 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 along with other things that are really very worthwhile yeah and you're just getting kind of a kind of a grab bag of things that are happening over this next couple of chapters i don't want to skip I don't want. Oh, I to, definitely. I don't want to skip over the caves of Montesino. It's no, very important that but we do I the do. Caves of yes, I'm with you in that it is a grab bag, and I think the thing that gets introduced in, I think it's chapter twenty five, uh, is such an escalation mm-hmm. of the grab bagness. 
<laughs> that I kind of <laughs> lost it a little bit. So let's start mm-hmm. with the Cave of Montesinos, which in and of itself is absurd. We're already getting to a part where the fake in-fiction translator of Don Quixote is telling us, I don't think this is real. Yeah. And I'm including it because it, it, Don Quixote was down in this cave for such a small amount of time, and he came back with such a long and detailed story that it's impossible that he made it up. But also, he did probably recant it on its deathbed, on his deathbed. But anyway, it's in here still anyway. Yeah. This, this is so ridiculous in the context of this entire ridiculous book that I don't think it really happened. <laughs> but I got to put it here. But I got to put it in here. So uh, it's at this point, the party is uh, Don Quixote, Sancho Panza, and one of the guys from chapter 19. Yeah, right? one of the students, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't think he has a name. And, yeah, I don't, I don't remember the, the uh, word that he uses. Licentate? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um they all go up to the mountains and they're going to just going to explore and see what see what's what. And so uh there is this big hole basically in the caves and Don Quixote is like, "All right, tie a rope to me. I'm going to go down." Like hundreds of feet of rope. Just like wrap yes. it around me. We're going I'm yep. going to go in there. Yep, yep, yep. And so they uh they let him go down and down 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 for around an hour maybe a little bit more and then they pull him back up and he's he's very deep asleep when they pull him up out of the out of the cave and they finally wake him up and he tells this fabtrabulous story about how he found this little alcove as he was going down and he went into it and he coiled up a bunch of the slack rope and made himself a little seat and then he sat and then he now this is it's very important. This isn't a dream. It's not a dream. It's not a dream. This all really happened. But he, he touched talking, it, Andrew. He felt he it. touched it. But he starts like talking to a bunch of a bunch of like legendary guys, a okay. bunch of legendary let's, dream guys. Let's walk. Let's walk through it. Please walk. me. He through meets an old man. Oh, like an old man from a storybook, like a magical old man. And the guy's like, yo. Don Quixote's here? This Don Quixote in my cave? I'm Montesinos. <laughs> this is so I, I like this part and I like the part later where this guy dares to say that like his girlfriend is as beautiful yes. as Dulcinea and Don Quixote like <laughs> threatens to kick his butt but then doesn't because he backs off of it but like he won't even cede to some like dead godlike figures uh-huh. that his fake girlfriend might not be as pretty as somebody else yes and he does it in this frame of like you better don't compare don't compare people just don't do it <laughs> even though his whole deal is comparing dulcinea to everybody and finding everybody wanting and demanding that other people acknowledge how her. hot his fake girlfriend is <laughs> jesus Anyway, so, go ahead. So Montesino is a man of legend. He's from some stories or something. And he reportedly cut out his dying friend Durandante's heart and brought it to Durandante's girlfriend, Balerma, as proof of his dead, dead love. Uh, Montesino is very sad about it. And the 
the dead knight Durandante is there laid in rest like Stalin, I get Lenin, I suppose. Lenin or Stalin? Which one is I in believe that? it is Lenin, Lenin who is the one who is. Thank yes. you. Um, Simpsons, Simpsons taught me that. Yes. Um and history class, I guess. He's been enchanted <laughs> by Merlin. <laughs> Yeah, he was the, a French wizard. The French wizard who might be related to the devil. It's unclear. If he, if Merlin were French, how would you pronounce it? Would it be Merlin? Merlin. 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 <laughs> Durandante. Montesi. These are, I don't know. Anyway, Balerma's also Je there. Je suis la juvie. <laughs> Bonjour. Um, <laughs> what if instead of Muzzy, it was just Merlin? What if instead of Merlin, it was Muzzy? Think about that. Arthur. <laughs> uh, Balerma is also there. Unclear how old anybody is supposed to be. Her sh- her suffering has made her kind of sad looking. She's carrying the mummified heart. At one point during Which Dante- has been thoroughly salted to make sure that it <laughs> wouldn't go really bad. Salted. He put a bunch of salt on it to make sure that it would be, stay fresh. Durin Dante speaks for a little bit. I don't remember. He just kind of yells at Don Quixote for a beat. I don't really remember. It's very important that you... The, the important thing to take away is that all of these giant figures do think Don Quixote is awesome and they have heard of him. Yes. And oh, <laughs> which is the point- mo- of all the parts of the story is the most made up. <laughs> At one point, I one think. of them says, like, Merlin had prophecies of you, Don Quixote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Uh, and Sancho is like, yeah, dude, how did you see all of this in 30 minutes? You were down there for not very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, no, I was there for three days and I didn't eat anything. Listen, they don't eat anything either. They don't poop and they don't, they don't sleep. They don't They don't eat. They don't poop. They don't sleep. And I must not have either. Um, so I'm very hungry. Please get me some food. Also, I saw a magic field where the three women that were on those donkeys were dancing, maybe. <laughs> and one of them was definitely Dulcinea. And her friend ran up and asked me for six bucks. I gave her all my money. Sancho, I'm sorry. And Man. it rules so hard. Sancho's like, I don't, I can't believe it. But maybe Merlin or another enchanter put Inception style these memories into his head. Like uh-huh. at this point, Sancho just has to seed that Quixote thinks it's true. Mm-hmm. He's not lying. And I mean, at the end of the day, everybody can just kind of shrug and be like, "Well, enchanters, I guess." Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's a that's basically what everyone does. Like they are they have the time discrepancy factor and it's the only bit of evidence they have and, and the money's like, gone i guess i guess enchanters like it, it's not it's not possible that while you were dangling from a rope 200 feet beneath the earth that your money fell out of your pocket it must be <laughs> that you gave it to some god ghosts in a in a magical not dream that you had while you were down in the hole i feel like if don quixote got his like lost the password for his twitter account he'd just say it was russian bots like the enchanters would just be Russian bots. Am I being shadow banned? <laughs> I'm on the dark web, Sancho. I didn't want to be here. Anyway, Man, Don Quixote would go on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh no! But then Joe Rogan would be like, "Hey, is uh, is Dulcinea really as pretty as they say?" And then Don Quixote would beat him up on the air. 
I and dozens of Spotify customers would, would listen to that. <laughs> okay, where we okay? Where we go from here? They leave the licentiate away. They go mm-hmm. off on more adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, they see a guy with some weapons on the yeah. road. Mm-hmm. Don Quixote is like that. That looks cool. Tell me more. And the guy rides by. He's like, "Come to the inn. I'll tell you later." And they were gonna go to a hermit's. They were gonna go to place. a hermit's house. They were gonna go to a hermit's house. Meet an assistant Don hermit. <laughs> and Don Quixote has this whole thing where he's like, "Hermits aren't as good as they used to be, but they're still pretty good." I'm not like, I'm not dumping on modern hermits when I say that they aren't as hermity as hermits from the past. But you should just know that they aren't as hermity as the hermits used to be. Yeah, what they have like was chickens that? and stuff. All these hoity-toity hermits with their chickens. Instead of eating roots like hermits used to do. They do go to the hermitage (laughs) and the assistant hermit tells them that the hermit's not home. I'm 100%, 100,000 million percent sure that this is the hermit (laughs) and he just didn't want to deal with them. So he pretended to be the assistant hermit. Yeah. And there's another another book with smarter protagonists where they figure that out. But this is not the one. I don't I have no idea how any of this passage <laughs> looks in the native Spanish, like the original Cervantes, mm-hmm. but the phrase assistant hermit <laughs> had me cackling. <laughs> These chapters are hilarious. Like and again, I they sound funny just from a plot perspective, but I was literally laughing out loud reading these chapters. I mean you hate you hate to go to the hermitage yeah. to get some wisdom from the hermit that he he has acquired in his you know in his, in his many hours of contemplation i mean it's not as probably not as good because hermits aren't what it's they not, used no, to be it's but. not as good but as good as you get now yeah <laughs> and you get there and you just get some intern <laughs> come on i'd like to speak to the manager of this hermitage <laughs> um so they they leave they're going to go to this inn to find out what was up with those weapons they do meet a young soldier on the road who is literally singing a song that goes i'm forced to go to the war because mm-hmm. i'm so poor if yep. i had money believe me i wouldn't leave and and don Quixote is is like Hey man, kind of sucks that you're poor and you feel like your only way out of that is to go join the army, but like being a knight is cool. It is awesome to either die or get really hurt in yep. war. Yep. <laughs> Isn't it? I was reminded if we, of if like, we were scholars of Cervantes, we could probably tie his own war experience into this yes, a little bit yes. more and make some kind of smart like I'm only smart enough to know that there is a connection to be made there. I'm not smart enough to actually make it. <laughs> I'm reminded of the um trip down into Hades to talk to Achilles in the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Like when okay, yes. Like I, just, I was thinking you were going to say in uh Dante where we go into his butt or whatever. No, the the Dante connection is more like the self-insert fiction in the Cave yes. of Montesinos. Mm-hmm. This reminded me of the like, oh, was glory worth me dying at the Battle of Troy kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think Nagiho would be like, hell yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you were, dude, you're famous. 
<laughs> Easy for somebody who didn't die in a war to say, by the way. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you're not dead from war, Don Quixote. I love when Don Quixote is like, hey, even if you don't die on the battlefield and you die because of old age, like it'll still be cool because you went to war. Because you were in a war. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, the the guy is like, no, I'm not, I, I don't need to ride with you, sir. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they end up at the inn. Two and then, amazing I mean, stories in this chapter. So the short version of this is that Don Quixote fights a puppet show. <laughs> that's the that's the top line summary. Don that's Quixote top, fights a puppet headline. show. Don Quixote fights a puppet show and then has to pay for all the puppets that he ruined. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it rules. Uh, anybody who is really eager to edit Wikipedia, please go and update the second part of Don Quixote on the Wikipedia page for Don Quixote because Mm -hmm. the sentence is woefully inadequate. As one of his deeds, Don Quixote joins into a puppet troupe. I mean, that's not inaccurate. He does join into a puppet troupe with his sword. With his sword. (laughs) But it is, it's like a like a 90s New York Times synopsis of a Seinfeld episode. Like, it doesn't get to the yes. full truth of the matter. Yeah, he basically... Seinfeld Triple X. Speaking of the, the 90s, he basically to. does that this is your brain on drugs cart, like commercial to these puppets. Mm-hmm. This is your yeah, brain messes, on puppets. He messes up the puppets pretty bad. Yeah, but before we get to the puppets, Andrew, mm-hmm. two things happen. Mm-hmm. He finds the guy with the weapons in the stables... Yeah, the guy who told him to come to the inn earlier. Yes. Yeah, because Don Quixote is like, you've got cool weapons. Tell me the story about those weapons. And he's like, I'll tell you at the stable. Okay, here's my story. <laughs> two, two of my town council people, one of them lost a donkey. And another one was like, hey, I'll help you look for that donkey in the woods. Andrew, what is their method for finding the donkey? They bray like a donkey, of course. Yes. Both of them. After but, after both of them have an extended conversation about which one of them is better at braying like a donkey. Yes. And they also, they split up mm-hmm. so that they're far apart in the woods and they think that the other one is the donkey because they're so good at braying. They have to come up with like a system where you bray yeah, twice. And then, I mean, th- and there's a lot of page space devoted to this. And then the story ends with the donkey was dead. <laughs> like an yes. animal ate the donkey and we found him and he was dead. And I was like, where's this going? And then Mm -hmm. the man with the weapons was like, so they came back and started bragging in the bar about how good at being donkeys they were. This this story spread to the Mm -hmm. other villages in our region. They have started taunting us for being the donkey braying village. And now we are going to war. So the part of this that I didn't love was the part where he said, the way that they compare us to to was bad. braying like donkeys is as bad as it's the same as racism. Yes. Let me read the quote. Uh, and the braying spread from one town to another so that the natives of a town are known by their braying just as blacks are known and differentiated from whites. And this unfortunate mockery has gone so far that often the mocked holding weapons in their hands and marching information have come out to do battle with the mockers. It's not the same. You just sound like donkeys. If you wanted to be charitable, 
which I can hardly even do, mm-hmm. you could say it's bad that everybody's goes around like braying like donkeys to these people. Yeah. And Cervantes is comparing it to how black people look different from white people. Mm. So Cervantes is criticizing that we treat people differently based on the color of their skin. Now, I don't think that's actually what's happening here. No. I think I think Cervantes thinks it's funny that these two politicians they, sounded like donkeys. And two now, idiots sounded like donkeys so much that everybody is um, orally racist to them. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I Oof. thought the donkey part was funny, though. The donkey part is funny. The part where they compare it to racism isn't great. But, no. But that's, it's fine. And so I was wrestling with this story, Andrew, and all of its implications. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a stranger runs into the room mm-hmm. and says, uh, it's Master Pedro. There's a good night ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And then the innkeeper says, your grace is welcome, Senor Master Pedro. Where are the monkey and the puppet stage? Mm-hmm. So, so this, is about a, this is about a monkey who knows some things about the past and a lot of things about the present, but isn't very good at telling the future. And this man travels around with a puppet show and a suit-seeing ape. Mm-hmm. And whenever people ask him stuff... The ape climbs up on his shoulder. And, is it an ape or is it a monkey? Uh, I think they're different, aren't they? Well, I think it says it doesn't have a tail. And then oh, okay. they say sure. monkey because it's, I don't know if they know the difference. Suzanne gets mad at me more about this than she does about any other thing in the like the 14 years that we've It says together. a large tailless monkey. And then when I was going through, like reading some other summaries to make sure I hadn't missed stuff, it said ape. So okay, all right. Maybe that maybe the translation. Maybe Eve yeah. Grossman just doesn't recognize the difference between or Cervantes, or she wants to preserve that Cervantes didn't know the difference, <laughs> maybe. which is I think maybe. my take either on either it. is fine. And uh, he knows who Don Quixote is instantly after the monkey talks to him in his ear. Of course he does. Yeah, the um, famous guy. He's got a book written about him. Sancho isn't sure if this guy's on the level, but he is impressed because he talks about Sancho's wife. After also consulting like the monkey, maximum like fifteen miles from home. Yeah, <laughs> but this, they very, never make it as far as it feels like they do. I'm I am waiting. Perhaps we don't get it in this pa- in this section of chapters. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for there to be a shoe drop on how Master Pedro knows any of this stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if Cervantes is going to reveal the secrets of the monkey. But maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just a magical monkey. Maybe you just need to suspend your disbelief and and have a sense of childlike wonder as you read this book about this this well, soothsaying monkey. Interesting. In this puppet show. <laughs> interesting that you go down that line of thinking, Andrew, because Don Quixote mm-hmm. is like, well, we could ask the monkey about the cave of wonders that I went to. Ooh, we could. Yeah, confirm if it's a true story or not. And the monkey tells Don Pedro that it's partly true and partly false. <laughs> what does that mean? And Don Quixote... He doesn't uh, even tell the ratio of true to false. Like, it could be that he told the truth about sitting on the coil of rope and then yeah. nothing else. Uh-huh. Mm. And Don Quixote says to Sancho, listen, I have this feeling about this monkey. I think that monkey works for the devil. And because the devil only knows the past and the present, the future is only God's domain. 
And I'm not really sure that we should be trucking with this guy, Don Pedro or Master Pedro, but like we should we should wait and see and we should stick around for this puppet show and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. The puppet show I, I was kind of a mess. Like Pedro's doing all the puppet parts, but there's an assistant who's telling the story and he keeps saying I, stuff that nobody cares about. I care not one <laughs> jot about the actual puppet show. I just care that Don Quixote gets in there and he messes up all the puppets it's, with the sword. The the reason he does it, it's not because he's offended by puppets. He actually doesn't think that they are puppets when he does it. He's upset. <sighs> That's he, not better. That's not a good idea. He's upset that is a story about um, Don Gilfero mm-hmm. and Melisandre, who was taken from him. And he thinks, Don Quixote does, that the story is besmirching this knight errant's good name. And he can't have that. So he gets mm-hmm. in there and smashes up the army. Yeah. Which turns out to be puppets turns out to be puppets very very expensive puppets which don quixote gladly pays for and everybody has a nice dinner together the the yeah and he says he's like sorry man i was enchanted so i will pay you can't just you can't always say you were enchanted but you can't that just can't be your out of every situation also where'd they get all this money do you remember when they got this much money I don't remember where they got the money from. I know that Sancho had the, that bag of money that he got in a previous adventure, but I didn't know. I don't know why they're carrying. I don't know why they have so much cash on hand, especially yeah. when Don Quixote allegedly gave so much money to the cave ghosts earlier. Yes, for real. Because he's like, but they he, have enough, but they have the money. He pays out for the puppets, and then Sancho leaves like a hefty tip for the innkeeper because he's like, sorry, we messed up your sorry puppet about show. This, sorry about the puppet trouble. And sorry it's going to gonna be so hard for you to find your monkey after we this. We had to pay somebody to go get the monkey. Um, and then they hit on the road again. And yeah. that's that's our tale. This what you, book, I don't, I don't have any wrap up thoughts. Just like, what this book is really going off the rails in ways that I. Mostly like actually. <laughs> yes. The sequ- the 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 sequence of um things that surprised me in this episode in this episode. Okay. Guy fakes his own death mm-hmm. with like the equivalent of those tubes they use on SNL to do fake puke. Like he's just got a fake puke tube up his sleeve. Sure. I mean that- they also do they're they like fake blood is a thing too. Yeah. It just It's not like it's not <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean though this this stuff is like fake puke but for blood yeah but for blood it's fake mm-hmm. um that surprised me didn't expect that in here but then the the one two three of cave of wonders yep donkey braying mm-hmm. and puppet fight puppet monkey fight puppet monkey fight was a lot in a row it's in a, a lot row. so i I will, I am, when I say that this is just a big bunch of stuff that happened, don't understand that as a criticism. (laughs) Yeah. When we were reading part one, a a thing that we ran up against when we were about this deep into it was this kind of just. It's doing the same thing over and over. It kind of keeps doing the same thing over and over. And, And Cervantes in this part seems determined to never, never let anybody think that. Because there's always some bonkers thing that you never could have predicted in a million years. And the other, happening. the other, did not see the fortune telling monkey coming. Yeah. Did not see the puppet fight coming. Yep. 
didn't see the weird gas leak cave where <laughs> Don Quixote hallucinated ghosts. <laughs> to your point earlier in the episode, Andrew, in a in part one, I think in when we got to that wedding, you're right. We would have gotten like two chapters at least of no Quixote. Mm-hmm. We would have gotten a whole internal story relayed yeah. by one of the members of the wedding party or something. Or or else it would have become a an I think you should leave sketch, but with Don Quixote and, mm, sure. and everybody would just be mad at him for being a big jerk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they would and they would beat him up. Yeah, it does. Don Quixote hasn't gotten his butt kicked in a, in while. a while. Since those actors, I think, really. And it's I mean, maybe it's because he is only challenging like puppets at this point. Like he's kind of <laughs> stopped picking fights that he can't win. But no, he did. He did beat up that. He beat other Carrasco. Fake knight. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe Don Quixote is actually good. Maybe. Maybe we're coming up against the Don Quixote that Ben Harrison or whatever his name is. Oh no. Drawing. Yeah. All right, well, we got to keep reading so maybe, we can find maybe out. He's read, maybe he's read all the way to the end and the joke's on us. Oh, for thinking no. Quixote's maybe like we're the Don Quixote's loser. in this scenario. The joke's on mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're the puppets and Ben Harrison's going to cut us up with a sword and then pay for us. At least he, if he pays, that'd be nice. Yeah. Anyway, next time on <laughs> Jagged Little Mill... We will be talking about chapters 27 through 36. Mm-hmm. And we'll be about, by the end of that, we'll be about halfway through uh, this second part of Don Quixote. Um, you can email us your theory on the Cave of Wonders and what happened to Don Quixote while he was in there at overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at overduepod. Uh, Andrew. This is the one that goes on the main feed. So if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? Overduepodcast.com is our internet website. Up there we have links to the books that we have read and are going to read. It's it's true. The rumors are true. We don't just read Don Quixote. We read other books yeah. for the podcast as well. Uh, not for Jagged Little Mill, but for our parent show, Overdue. Yes. Thanks to them for supporting this venture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're real task taskmasters, but it's, you know... It's it's a it's a good relationship mostly I think good creative partnership with those yeah, guys pretty hands off actually uh so uh, Apple Podcasts Patreon all the links that you need and you crave they're all up there thanks <laughs> to you, our Patreon supporters without whom Jagged Little Mill would not exist it would not exist and uh, if you subscribe at a certain level you can get these episodes early and then other bonus episodes are available to everybody yeah early before they go out on the main feed yeah that's how it works uh, i think i think we're good I think that's it what do we say at the end of every episode of jagged little mill andrew those puppets had it coming through the woodland through the valley comes a horseman wild and free tilting at the windmills passing who can the brave young horseman be he is wild but he is mellow he is strong but he is weak He is cruel, but he is gentle. He is wise, but he is meek.